Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. stuff as you sometimes you're the only one that can do it so that's why you saw me run over there real quick and start the recording it's not on there but we do have a gbpc podcast that if you could go and listen to if you missed a sunday you had to work or something happened you can go back and listen to it and uh it's a very good resource pastor i heard sister daisy one time when we were talking she said man sometimes you know you're writing notes and, and sunday and you're just riding, but the preacher's going so fast that I wish I could just press the pause button and kind of rewind back to what he just said so I could make sure. You can do that on the podcast. I don't know if you do that, but you can. You can pause pastor. You can pause brother Nate. Or I'm a fast preacher, man. I just get right down to the word and get it done. It's hard to pre- Sister Chas, is it hard to take notes when I preach? Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, you can go back and pause it. One more quick announcement before we get into the reading of the word. I believe God is going to do something mighty in this place. And I believe that when I received this word on Thursday. Amen. And uh, just real quick, everybody put on your calendars this Friday. We are going to have Friday Night Fire. And Brother Mejia is going to preach Friday Night Fire for us. See, they're coming down. And so if you remember Jesus Mejia... He came for about, he came for Brother and Sister Colleen and Joe Zipoli's wedding, and they stayed and ended up preaching our Sunday, and we had, we had people get the Holy Ghost, amen, we had somebody get baptized in Jesus' name, amen, so just come, start inviting everybody that you can, amen. Everybody feel good in this house today, I know you're standing, I know, I see you guys, anybody feel good in this house today? Here's another question. Does anybody need healing in this house today? I mean, you have a need. You have something wrong in your body. That you came into this place and you're hoping that today is the day that God touches your life. And God touches that that portion in your body that's hurting you. Or maybe you got a sickness that the doctors have declared that won't go away without drugs and without without things like insulin. Amen? Do we have anybody in the house that needs true healing in this place? I believe you can receive it in Jesus' name here today. And I've got about five other people in this building that also believe with me, but I'm counting more than 40 or 50 in this place. So I wonder if you could just lift up your voice, lift up your hands and believe God for a healing in this place. Come on, there's some people in here that need the Holy Ghost. There's some people in here that need a touch. They have a problem in their body. Would you believe for them? Would you touch the throne of God for them? Amen. I believe that this is a church that is a powerful church. We can see mighty wonderful. 
powerful things happening here, and that's been confirmed by so many things here today. Amen. You turn with me to Luke chapter 9. Now, I'm one of those guys that just likes to have fun in church. Amen. I heard this saying from Anthony Brown. It's actually, if you ever heard the song, the first song he sang, Trust in You, it's not on that same album, but he, he sings another song. And, and uh, at the beginning, he has these kids. It, it's supposed to be a, a flashback to him and his childhood. But he's talking to his father, and, and he says this. He says, what you put into the service is what you get out of the service. So if you're going to sit on a bump on a log and expect God to heal you, then you're not going to get a healing because you're not putting into the service what you want out of the service. But if you're trusting God and you're believing with the word and the man of God, and you put in some praise and some worship and you back up the preacher, what you put into the service is what you're going to get out of the service. Does everybody follow me? Is this okay? So I'm one of those guys that just... I, I'm not going to plead with you. I, I can preach to these empty chairs. I've done it before. But I'll even preach to the point where the chairs are reaching out and praising God for His power and His mercy and His grace. So are you going to preach with me today, GBPC? I mean, are you really going to preach with the preacher today? And are you going to put into the service what you want out of the service? You said you want healing. I'm going to put a praise on my lips and say, God, you can heal me today. You can deliver me today. Amen. Luke 9, chapter, Luke chapter 9, verse 1 says that he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor script, neither bread, neither money, neither here two coats a piece. And whether house ye enter into, there abide and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. I feel the Holy Ghost just off of that. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm here to tell you today that that same power that's preached in Acts chapter 1 and that same power that was released to the disciples in Luke chapter 9 is the same power that you can have here today. God has called you and called me to heal the sick, to deliver the people, to save the lost, and not to trust in anything else but in Him. So if you would, put your Bibles down, lift up your hands, and I want you to begin to pray unto God for that power. Come on, I feel like I don't even have to preach. I, don't, I feel like I don't have to say a word. I feel like the glory could just come down in this place and begin to give authority unto the saints and give power to those that are wanting that power. Come on, lift up your voice. And why don't you just say, God, I want that power from on high. I need that power. I want to see
see my life be healed. I want to see my life be delivered. I want to see the sick be healed and the dead be raised. I want to see it. So pour out that power. I'm going to preach from this title today. <laughs> Get rid of the go. Oh, get rid <laughs> of the goat. You may be seated in Jesus' name. It's amazing the power of music. It's amazing the power of music that once the music just stopped, it got extremely quiet. Hmm. You just close your eyes. Would you just pray? I feel something. <clears throat> telling you the devil doesn't like and doesn't want you to be healed he doesn't want you to be delivered he wants you to stay in your rut he wants you to stay in your sickness he doesn't want you to lift your hands or to praise God he doesn't want you to be set free from the bonds and the chains of sin why because he can't be set free he can't be delivered he can't be healed he can't be changed he has no possible salvation so if he could stop you from getting your deliverance, he would. And so I bind that devil. I bind him in the name of Jesus. And I say, as you said in your word, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost, God, I'm asking for the Holy Ghost to come down and begin to touch your saints and all those in this place. Amen. Oh, I don't know about you, but my Bible says that we serve a mighty God. We serve a powerful God. We serve a God that can do anything. My Bible says that He is almighty. That He is everlasting. That He is good and full of mercy. He is full of grace and full of compassion. He is fullness of joy. He is Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. He is, my Bible says, light. And He is truth. Come on, I'm telling you. I'll keep going until you start preaching with me. He is a strong tower. He is a healer. He is a deliverer. He is a savior. And guess what I'm here to tell you? He's on your side. You didn't hear me. I'm telling you this great and mighty and powerful God who is a deliverer, who is a savior. He's almighty, everlasting. He's on your side. And he wants to work for you, not against you. He wants to do mighty things through you and in you. And I wonder if I had some Holy Ghost filled people that could just jump on the train with me and say, yes, I believe it. I believe that God is almighty. I believe God is everlasting. I believe there's nothing impossible for him. I believe in the Bible. Uh, I want to move on with the rest of my message, but I just want to break some people free today. I'm telling you, there's a spirit that is saying, why don't you just go ahead and sit comfortably in your chairs and and let's not preach with the preacher. I'm telling you, I'm not preaching anything that's not out of this, that's not out of this book. I'm preaching the fact that God is so powerful. He is so wonderful and he is so mighty that we sometimes like to downplay God and we think that our situations and our issues and our problems 
are too hard for him. Hear me. But we think that, oh, this cancer or this disease or this heart problem is too hard for the Lord. And, and that's a lie from the devil. That's a lie straight from the devil himself. We like to put the devil on the same plane as we like to put God. We think that God and the devil are battling out with each other power for power, wit for wit, stronghold for stronghold. We like to sit there and give the devil too much credit. We like to sit there and bring the devil up and say, hey, I don't know who's going to win this battle of good and evil, but let me tell you what, it's a battle. No, it's not. It's not a battle. The devil's as weak as some fly that tries to fly. He's got no power. He's got no authority. He's got no the devil's nothing but a big sweet little liar. And I rebuke him at the name of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you this right now. In the end, there's going to be a great chain that wraps around him. And he will be cast into everlasting darkness by a God who is almighty, who is powerful, who is everlasting, who is a great Would you lift up your hands? Would you love him for a moment? He is powerful. Why don't you get some praise on your lips? He is wonderful. He is mighty. And he's on my side. There's nothing impossible for him. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, man. Sorry, I just get all excited when I think about my God. You need to realize here today that the God we have gathered to worship and to praise is really all those things that I've said and more. Words can barely describe how great God really is. The Bible states that he is so powerful that at his word, everything was placed into existence. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Bible says that the Spirit moved upon that face, and it also said that God had said, Let there be light. And hear me, there's some people in here that need to have a let there be moment. Some people in here need to just say, God, I want it. Let there be. And let me tell you what, there will be. Because the Bible says when he said, let there be light, it says that there was light. Some of you need to sit there and hear God today. He's saying, I want you to be healed. I want you to be delivered. I want you to be set free. I want you to not have problems and situations. I want you to have everlasting life. I want you to have all these wonderful things. Let there be life. Let there be healing. Let there be deliverance. And hear me, there will be light. There will be healing. There will be deliverance. There will be and there was, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And from there, everything was made that was made by his word. I wish time could permit to preach that the power of just one word from God. Because if you were to realize just how powerful one word of God is, it could completely change everything for you. And the, re and the really amazing thing is that you can, uh, you can take God's word to the bank. Amen. <laughs> Nah. And it won't come back void, the Bible says. Every word that God speaks has to come forth. Amen. God's word is powerful. God's word is everlasting. And God's promises are yes and amen. And amen. We're talking about a God that nothing can stand against him. From the beginning of time, he was always been. When there was nothing, he spoke something. This great powerful God put the heavens together. And he didn't need to consult with anything else or anyone else. Because my Bible says he is God alone. That at one point in Isaiah, God says, I've looked around from the left. I've looked around from the right. I've looked in forward. I've looked behind me. There is no God before me nor after me. And hear me in his infinite wisdom and in his infinite power. He began to place planets and stars and galaxies together in the exact spot. That according to science, if we were anywhere else, we would either freeze or burn up. That's what science Science says, and that's what I'm going to believe in. Amen. I'm going to believe that we are placed in a specific place. That 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 God's hand is the only thing that could put it there. Amen. He put the atmosphere around the earth so that life could live here. He put every little detail of making this world beautiful and having everything working with each other to where even the smallest of creatures, if they weren't there, they could have affect our world in a very big way. There's a book me and my son like to read. It's called The Bee and Me. It's about this little bee who gets trapped inside and it gets locked inside the house and the little boy is scared of that bee and finally the bee just begins to talk and he starts to say this. He says, I don't know why you guys are so scared of us. All we're trying to do is help. If it wasn't for us bees, the plants would be gone. There would be no trees to climb on. There would be nothing here because if we were gone, we, we helped do all these things. And did you know without trees, we wouldn't have oxygen? I'm just saying. So if the trees were gone, if the bees weren't here, the smallest amount of this little thing, if they weren't here, we would have no trees. We'd have no oxygen. We couldn't live. God, in his infinite wisdom, went down to the small. And said, even a bee can change the world right. if it wasn't there. God is so truly powerful. And with all, with the knowing of all that, we still barely know the amazing power of God. My brain can't even comprehend or fathom how he saw a pile of dirt. And how he could say in his mind, well, I'm lonely and I can make something out of that. <laughs> And with God's own hands, he made man. And soon that man got lonely, so lonely that everything would become flies. You have fruit fly, you have ant fly, you have all kinds of flies. God would say, man, it's not good for man to be alone. <clears throat> that was a joke, no pun intended. I don't know if you got it. I'm just, I'm just saying, let's wake up, people. 
That was a good joke. I said, man got so lonely, he began to name everything flies. We have, how many, dragonfly, butterfly, fruit fly. He's like, dude, I can't have this guy be alone for much long. He needs something else. He needs to help meet because everything's going to be fly, amen? Man, wake up, everybody. Wake up. We're having fun in church. It's okay to have fun in church. Amen? And so God took man and he put him to sleep and opened up his stomach and began to pull a rib out of him and, and he created woe man. And so woe man. <laughs> and so God just created everything the way that it was supposed to be made. And there was no doubt about it. Amen? I had one lady tell me, she straight up told me one time, she said, uh, it's, it's a lady that I work with. I was making one of those dumb jokes that none of you laugh about here, apparently. And uh, I said, What's, what was Adam's favorite food? And, uh, and she's like, oh, I don't know. And I said, ribs. <laughs> See, none of you laugh. <laughs> he was missing a rib, people. Okay, never mind. <laughs> My wife's embarrassed. My wife's embarrassed, man. But I told her that. I said, I said, I said that joke, and she looked at me and she said, "You know that's not real." I said, "What's not real?" She said, "That that man, but no, no man's missing a rib out of them. It's not. It's not true. It's it's not. That does, you don't. You're not without a rib. You know. There's no man." And so God couldn't have pulled a rib out of Adam to create Eve. And I told her, I said, I'm pretty sure if you cut my arm off, that my son will be born with both arms. It's not a genetic thing. It's not something that we go around and we, we sit there and say, well, if you're missing a rib, so see your son and so shall your daughter. And so, no, 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 no. That's not true. And so I had to, I just, it just blows my mind to think that people will put God in a box and say, look, if we can't see the evidence of it here now with no man with a rib, then we must not believe. But hear me. Let me tell you what. God did take a man. He did put him to sleep and he took a rib out of him and he made a woman. Amen. And it was right and according to what he said and what he did. And just like a master builder, just like somebody who's going to create something as intricate as man and woman. He knows the issues and the problems that are about to take place. He knows the plumbing. He knows what could possibly go wrong. He knows that we might have heart problems and we might have problems in our body with, uh, with diseases. And he knows. You don't think that he saw from end to the beginning and saw that you'd be facing all these things? And he said, look, I know how to fix everything. If I didn't, I wouldn't create it. So let me tell you something, people, in this place. Your disability, your problem ain't too hard for God. Your issue and your problem, let me tell you what. If he created a heart before, he can create a heart again. If he created your eyes and you're blind, he can make you see again. If he created you with a problem of blood, like the lady with the issue of blood, he can make it stop. He's the God of the impossibilities. He's a See, I want to move on with the rest of my message. I really do. But I feel like I've got to 
bring up faith and belief into this place. I feel like there's something in us that says, look, I've never seen. I heard stories about Bangladesh and all these things and, and all kinds of crazy things. Uh, there was one story that Brother Joe was telling me that, that there was a man without an earlobe. And, and, and he just, they, he didn't pray for him, but there was another man there. And popped his, ear, his hand over him and boom, earlobe happened. I heard other stories, I listen to a lot of preaching, and these preachers sit there, and they go around, and they talk about these kids with no eyeballs in their heads, and they've got issues and problems, and, and all of a sudden, they said, look, I'm going to pray for you, and they put their hands over there, and I'm telling you, no eyeballs in this kid's skull, and when he lifted his hands, there was eyeballs. Why? Because we serve a God that knows how to create. We serve a God that can deliver, that can save, that can bring life, that can heal your body. We have testimony. Would you lift your hands right now? Let's just believe. Let's just believe. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I framed thee in the belly, I knew thee. God knows you. God knows everything about you. And God knows your issues. And God knows your problems. And God knows your situations. God is so amazing that he even took the time to number the hair that's on your head. So here's my point in saying all this. God wants to heal and deliver somebody here today. God wants to deliver on oh, Jesus right now. Come on, there's diabetes in this house that God wants to deliver and save somebody from. Come on, God wants to deliver some of you from financial issues and marital problems and, and things that are going on in your life that we don't know about. Maybe you're struggling. I know my pastor, he might not say it, but that's all right. He's been hurting in his neck and his arm, and it's been hurting him to play, to play guitar, and I believe God can heal him and deliver him right now. I believe in that kind of God that doesn't take time and it takes effort to heal. Hear me, my God touched my pastor with God. And when he was on a ventilator and he was not, he could have died. But God reached down from the heavens and touched Pastor and delivered him. And now he's even better than before. I know that there are situations in this house. I wonder if somebody could just believe right now. I'm trying to build belief in this place. And I don't know what's going on. I feel like I'm hitting a wall. I really do. <clears throat> the reason why I'm trying to build faith in this place and build belief in you, that we serve a great and mighty God, is because there's only one requirement to your healing. There's only one requirement right now to the deliverance that you need. There's only one requirement to help you out, help your family out. There's only one requirement that God says, that's in Mark 16, if you could put that up for me, please. And these signs shall follow them that 
believe. The reason I'm trying to build your faith and the reason I'm trying to get you excited about how great and powerful and mighty this great God is is because if I could get everybody in this place to believe that God is almighty and that God is all powerful and that God is a God that can deliver you from your sicknesses and that God is the God of the impossibilities then if I could get everybody here to believe that you can be healed and that you can be delivered and that God is waiting at the helm and he's waiting for you to lift up your hands and bring your belief up it says that in my name shall they cast out devils when you believe there is no devil in hell that can come against you when you believe in a powerful and mighty God there is no devil there is no Jezebel there is no issue that can come against you and in my name they shall speak with new tongues you want the Holy Ghost you can get the Holy Ghost if you would just believe keep going to the next one it says hallelujah it says that they shall take up serpents serpents and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. There is no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. There is no poison, there's no nothing that can come against you if you will just believe. I'm telling you, they shall lay they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm here to tell you, if I can build your belief, you can reach over and begin to pray and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Why don't you start to bring up your belief? Why don't you start to get the impossibilities out of your mind? Why don't you start to say, God, I believe you really can do anything and that you want to heal me right now. You want to know why you're healed? Because somebody believed. You want to know why Dustin got the Holy Ghost when he did? Because somebody believed. Sister Lexi, you're carrying a baby right now when the doctors said that they didn't know if you could because of situations in your body. You want to know why that baby's in there? Because somebody believed. All it takes is you to believe in a God that can and that will. And it's up to you to change your vernacular. It's up to you to change what you say. The doctors want to just tell you, Joe, you'll never survive. You'll always have this issue. You'll always have this problem. And if you're not careful, you will add that to your vocabulary. Well, I guess I'll just live with it. I guess it's God's plan for me. I guess it's God's plan for me to live with this disease and live with this problem and live with this issue. I guess it's just my testimony. But I'm here to tell you that I believe that it was not the will of God for you to have any disease but to live prosperous. I believe that it's the will of God for you to live cancer free. I believe it's the will of God for you to live pain free. I believe it's the will of God for you to live without diabetes, without blood diseases, without heart problems. I 
believe it's the will of God. So I'm going to change my vocabulary. I will be healed today in Jesus' name. I will be delivered today in Jesus' name. I will be set free here today. I believe and I receive in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands and let God... telling you. I'm so far off my message, it's not even funny. I feel the Spirit of the Lord wanting to heal somebody in this place. I feel disciples in to not only preach the gospel but to be demonstrated to be filled with power to do only what God can do so that way God can get the glory he wants to fill you with that power he wants to fill you with that power that dunamis power that exploding power that says yes you can Jada you can pray for the sick and they shall recover you are a disciple and you've got the Holy Ghost and you believe. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm just going to bask in the Lord for a minute. away the doubt. God, take away the fear. Right now, I have dominion and authority over all doubt and fear, and I cast it out of this place in Jesus' name, and I pray for faith. I pray for great faith, God, that says, if, even if I get the crumbs, Lord, at least I get something of your healing power. At least I get something of your delivering power. I just want to be healed, God. I'm sorry. Come on, some of you need to get so sick and tired of the place you're living in. You need to have a changed mind. When you say, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of living this way. Let me tell you, you'll do it. You'll do whatever it takes. Ooh, I feel the Lord in this place. I feel the Lord in this place. I'm going to get to a story real quick. <clears throat> because I believe too that I believe God's going to do something mighty in this place. Can I hear an amen? amen. I believe God's going to deliver somebody from their diseases in Jesus' name today. Can I hear an amen? Come on, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's not going to be next week. It's not going to be tomorrow. I'm telling you, it's going to happen today. Amen. Some of you are still thinking, man, what the heck did Brother CJ talk about when he said give up the goat? Just get rid of the goat. There was a man by the name of Dr. Stanley. 
his name was the full thing. It's his Stan, Sir Henry Morton Stanley. And he was a Welsh-American journalist, explorer, soldier. He had all kinds of accolades to his name. And he was on an explanation of, or exploration, excuse me, of Central Africa. And in his search for minister, missionary and explorer David Livingston, he was there to search for this man who was lost. And when Sir Henry Morton Stanley conducted, or conducted his famed search for Dr. David Livingston in Africa, he was confronted by a particular powerful tribe that tried to hinder him from proceeding. The guy who was with him explained that if he wanted to continue his search, he would have to cut a covenant with the chief of that tribe. He wasn't sure what that implied, so he asked, what does that mean? And the guide explained that there would only be an exchange of gifts. And Dr. Stanley agreed and they began the process. Now, there's something to be taken note of. Dr. Stanley uh, was not of good health. And he took a goat with him wherever he went for its milk. Its milk would help him feel better. The time came when he would come to the chief of the, the, chief of the tribe. And when the chief had said... I want that goat. It was a difficult decision for Stanley to make. If he failed to please the chief and did not successfully cut the covenant, he would not be allowed to continue his search. In the end, he yielded and gave the goat. And in exchange, he received a tall spear wrapped with copper. To Dr. Stanley, this did not seem like a very impressive gift. After all, what practical good would it be to him? Nevertheless, the covenant was completed and he departed on his journey. <laughs> that very next time, he, his party met someone along the way. A very unusual thing happened. The person that they met had bowed before Dr. Stanley. He didn't understand that at first until he was told that the chief had given him a symbol of his authority. Right. The sickness that you face, the problems that you have, the issues and situations that, are, that you face are all strongholds. They're dominions and they're powers. And Jesus knew that. Jesus understood all of it. This is why he came to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. He had all authority, all power. And when and he said when Jesus was around, demons bleed and sicknesses would vanish. Dead people would be raised at the sound of his voice. The blind would see and the dead would hear. And that sin would be dismorted, destroyed by his blood. He really was a king right. of kings and this is what the king said John 14 and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name that will I do that the father may be glorified in the son if you should ask anything in my name I will do it if you love me Keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Amen. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. 
neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. We know that the comforter is the Holy Ghost. And as we read at the beginning of Acts 1.8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's God's authority. That's God's authority over death, hell, and the grave. This is God's authority over prominences and the kingdoms and the dominions of this world. And hear me, He wants to give it to you. He wants to give it to me. He wants to give it to everybody that's in this building. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost, which is the authority over the sicknesses and authority over the pain and authority over the issues. It's what you walk around with that when you call upon the name of Jesus the demons have to flee and the sicknesses have to go. So how do I receive this Holy Ghost? Same question Acts chapter 2 verse 37 says. Men and brethren what shall we do? How do we have this demonstrating power? How do we have this power that you so claim and that you so Hear me. They didn't just walk out of that building when they got the Holy Ghost. And they just walked out and said, yeah, I've got the Spirit of the Lord. Come on. How did they know they had the Holy Ghost? When they bust down that door and they were drunk, as you suppose. <laughs> Amen. They weren't acting like themselves. They were acting like something miraculous just right. happened to them. Right, right. Something powerful just happened to them. And they begin to demonstrate the glory and the power of God. And with demonstration, hear me, when you can demonstrate the power and the glory of God, people will wonder, how do I get what you have? How do I get what I need? How do I get that healing? How do I get that deliverance? How do I get saved, preacher? Show me how. And Peter stood up and said, repent. Do you know what repentance is? Do you know what repentance is? It's you giving up that thing that so you so desire and love so much. It's that sin that, that holds you down and it binds you and it makes you hopeless and it makes you want to just end your life. It's that thing, that sin, that problem that the devil has over you. It's making you say, look, I relied on that goat for so long. Hear me, I relied on that goat for its milk because I've been sick. I've been troubled. I've been in pain. I, I need that goat. I want that goat. I need that goat in my life. There's no way I can get rid of that goat. And here's what repentance is. God is saying, give me that goat. Give me that thing that you so desire on. If you desire, if you are insulin if you're so dependent on that medicine and you're so dependent on that thing, why don't you go ahead and give it to me? That's why we have altars. That's why we have, look, you're struggling. I know nobody in here is, but pastor, I'm waiting for the day that somebody walks in through that back door like your father did. And he said, I chucked that cigarettes away because I did not need it 
it anymore. I didn't want those sins. I'm waiting for the day that these altars are filled with everything. Money. Hallelujah. Maybe you're struggling with money and it's a money problem. You need to get over your wallet. You need to get over your bills and say, God, I know you own a cattle on a thousand hills. I know you can deliver it. I'm here to drop off my drugs. I'm here to drop off my diabetes medicine. I'm here to drop off my heart. And when he gave up that goat, when he got rid of that thing that he so depended on, when he got rid of that, all that stuff, the or not the Bible, but that story says, it says that all of a sudden he received the authority of the king. And he walked through the area. He walked through the tribes. He walked through the cities. He walked through and he could, if he wanted to, he could just say, hey, give me another goat. Or hey, why don't you go ahead and give me 10 goats while you're at it? Because I have authority. I have dominion. I have power. I've got the king's scepter. I've got everything that I need. And I can, let me tell you what, when you have the king's scepter, you can say, hey, what do you need? You got it. Why don't you go ahead and get it and bring it to her? She needs healing. She needs deliverance. She needs salvation. She, because why? I have authority because I have the Holy Ghost. When you give up the goat, you get the authority. When you get rid of the problem that's in your life, you get the authority of God. Jesus. I'm pretty much done. Would you just stand? Jesus. I hope I made myself clear. I, I, I don't want to go any longer. Would you just lift up your hands right now and let belief come in? Would you just allow belief to come into your heart right now? If you've got any issue, if you've got, if you need the Holy Ghost, you can have it here today. If you need the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, God wants to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. That his sons and his daughters shall prophesy. It's his will and his by his authority that you receive his spirit so that you may be healed of all infirmities and all issues and all problems. And you can walk around this city with your head up and you can begin to say, God, you've given me authority over dominions and kingdoms. And when people see that you are a changed person, when people see that you aren't depressed anymore, when people see that you are healed and you're delivered and you're walking with a bit of a bigger demeanor than you were when you were depressed, broken, busted, and disgusted. They're going to say, what do you have? I need what you have because let me tell you, sister, let me tell you, brother, I feel like killing myself. I feel like I don't matter in this world. And you can step up and say, well, I've got authority over that demon. And you do matter to a God that's all powerful, all knowing, and you can change your situation. I'm willing to trade so long to get Jesus. Come on, if you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to come up. I want you to be honest. I want every eye closed right now. If you're a believer, I want your eyes closed and you prayed. If you're not a believer, I still want your eyes closed because I don't want to embarrass anybody. If you need the Holy Ghost, uh, if you need it, you've never spoken tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. 
I want you to come forth. I want you to come forward. I need the ministry to come up here with me. I need our pastor and Brother Nate to come up because I believe God's going to pour out and heal me. I believe God's going to pour out His Spirit. And you know what? Maybe everybody in here has the Holy Ghost. But I asked at the beginning of this thing, if you need a healing, if you need a deliverance, if you've got an issue or a problem in your life, I want you to take a step of faith right now. Come on. It's all right to be honest with yourself. It's all right to be honest with yourself. Come on, it's all right to be honest. Come on, it's all right to sit there. In fact, in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, they say the first step to being healed of your alcoholism is to say, I am an alcoholic. I am somebody with a problem. I am somebody with a disease. I have this issue in my heart. I have this issue in my body. to heal you. God wants to heal you. You took the first step. That's the power of God.